What's up, everybody? Austin here with Second and Victory. And on this episode, we're going to discuss the Titans' win in Cleveland. And uh, we're going to discuss the offensive line, uh, maybe the struggles. Um, there's been some guys going in and out on this team lately. Uh, so we're going to kind of break that down a little bit. We're going to preview the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they play the Titans on Sunday, kind of preview that and uh, what to expect from the Colts, a division rival on uh, Sunday. And then uh, instead of having a non-sports uh, question this week, uh, we're going to kind of talk about Steven Eddy and uh, uh, their kind of uh, impact on the Titans and our favorite memories of them. Um, so I think you guys will like that a little bit. Other than that, I will toss over to my man Chris, who has some pretty exciting news. We are proud to announce that we have our first ever podcast sponsor. That's right. Second and Victory has a sponsorship. We're so excited to welcome Spencer Montgomery to the team. Spencer is a realtor and auctioneer for Comus Montgomery Realty and Auction. He specializes in the Nashville area, and I can tell you firsthand, is your go-to for your real estate, commercial, or personal property needs. Spencer helped me and my wife find our first home, and if you've ever bought a home, you know that process can be extremely overwhelming. Spencer was right there to walk us through the process and make it way easier than I ever thought it would be. You can give him a call today at 615-785-7136 or send him an email at spencer at comusmontgomery.com. Again, Spencer, welcome to the team. We're so excited to have you. Touchdown Titans! You are now listening to the Second and Victory Podcast. up everybody welcome into another episode of the second and victory podcast austin nelson here with my best buds brett bachelor and chris carter what is up fellas what is going on i'm excited to do this you know first i guess regular season podcast with you guys um brett and i have done this i guess for two years now this is our third year uh with armchair i'm I'm very happy to finally have chris with this and kind of break down some actual regular season action and uh, kind of see what we saw on Sunday and, and talk about it. And, and guys, we saw a lot of good things from the Titans. And then that was, you know, starting with a 43 to 13 pounding <laughs> on the off season champion, Cleveland Browns. Um, just, you know, talk about it for a second. What did you see? What it, were you expecting to win in that way? Were you expecting to win at all? <sighs> So first of all, I just want to say on our last podcast episode, I came pretty close to my prediction. Um, I said that Derek would have 100 rushing and a receiver would have 100 receiving. Derek got super close. I think he ended up with, what, 84 rushing, and AJ had 100 receiving. Uh, But you factor in that 75 yards receiving that Derek did. and We'll give it it to you. Very happy with that one. (laughs) We'll Um, give it to you. Man, that game was awesome. You know, the first half, I was pretty nervous. Uh, It was your typical – uh, Titans early season first half I felt like where uh, I was questioning whether we were actually good or not and then in that second half we just kind of turned it on it was awesome to see I was kind of nervous at first because the the, uh, the Browns got the ball first and they went straight down the field and I was like all right bro here's this here's this offense that everybody's been talking about they fire right down the field score touchdown quick and then we answered and like Chris kind of said, a typical Titans response with getting down the field and only kicking a field goal instead of getting it in the end zone. But then really after that, it was, it was the Titans' momentum the entire way. And it wasn't really until Kevin Byard 
made the interceptions that I got actually comfortable in the game because we've seen so many close games with the Titans. But, I mean, I loved the way that we played and the way that the Titans controlled the whole game after the Browns scored their opening touchdown. I, I, I can't lie. Um, I was nervous that opening drive, like you said, Brett, just because, you know, kind of all the mo- momentum was them. Um, the environment, the fans were excited. Baker and kind of drove down the field as they wanted to. Um, but, you know, you had to realize it's the defense and they'll settle down. So you just need the offense to kind of score some points. I figured the Browns would put up more points than what they did on Sunday. Um, I did not expect the Titans to put up that many points. Um, we're going <laughs> to dominate in the way they did. Um, it was awesome to kind of watch A.J. Brown, the guy that we've, you know, been drilling over. Oh, man. Him. Um, I'll kind of break it down for you guys real quick. A.J. Brown led the team in receiving on, on Sunday just three receptions on four targets with 100 yards. Uh, Derek Kimmy with that one long touchdown, 75-yard um, uh, touchdown. Um, Delaney Walker, five receptions, 55 yards, and that young man had two touchdowns. Um, so it was awesome to see him back and, you know, prime Delaney like we know who he is. Marcus was 14 of 24, 248 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he had four sacks. Um, a solid day for Marcus. I think we can all yep. agree it was not his best performance we've ever seen from him. But he did what he had to do. Um, you know, they ran the ball decently well. Uh, Derek did um, come that second half. So, the defense just took care of business, uh, and they kind of dominated the Browns the entire second half. So, you know, that offense yep. did not have to do much. Um, I can't remember a time the Browns kind of went over the 50-yard line that second half. So, um, it was an impressive day overall. Brett wanted to ask a question. I, I like this a lot. A lot. Um, we'll let you start, Brett. But, you know, what was the biggest surprise to you on Sunday, good or bad, from the Titans? So, um, I got two here for you guys. And um, my first one – and I expected this guy to play good, but on only 23 plays, to see Cameron Wake have two and a half sacks and see him have four quarterback hits and force a safety to me was absolutely unbelievable. At that, at that age, I know everybody says how old he is and stuff like that, but see him come around the edge that quick and that strong and get to Baker as much as he did on limited snaps to me was unbelievable to see him do that. And then my other one, and I'm going to give a big shout out here, is to Cairo Santos stepping in from Ryan Sutton. Yes, and yes. I knew, that was huge. I knew that Santos had been a good kicker before. We all know that he's the one that pushed Suck up out of Kansas City. But he's been bouncing around the league like crazy lately. He hasn't really found a home. And when you stick him out there for a 53-yard field goal and he nails it like it's absolutely nothing, that's big time. Yeah, I said last week on the, on the podcast, I don't really know why – He's bounced around the league the way he has, but he was solid for us. And, I mean, that's all we can really ask for, especially in, in Suckup's replacement because Suckup has been so solid for us. So I was super impressed by him out there this weekend for sure. Yes, my biggest surprise was Corey Davis. I guess the lack thereof Corey Davis on Sunday. Yeah. Um, very surprised by that. I think he only had – he had three targets, um, zero receptions. So – I'm not sure. I kind of so you know I had I got got the game pass now. Went back and looked at the game pass. Denzel Ward uh, played a solid game. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of locked him up, and you know Denzel Ward's you know one of the you know top upcoming quarterbacks in the league. So uh, it's no slouch on him at all. 
But um, I, I don't even know if Arthur Smith's kind of game plan was surrounded for Corey Davis. But if he's going to be your number one receiver, you're going to have to get the guy more than three targets. <laughs> um, Marcus only threw 24 passes, not a whole lot uh, compared to, you know, Baker's 38. So, um, but like, you know, kind of like I said before, there wasn't much, you know, the Titans didn't need to do a whole lot on, on offense to stay in the game. Um, so I just, I kind of want to see, you know, Corey do more this next week. Um, kind of have Arthur Smith get him more involved and um, have Marcus throw some more passes. But I've I've mentioned this to Austin before when when we done when we've done the regular season podcast the past two years. I still think that Marcus is at his absolute best when you give him probably thirty two throws or less a game. And I think it, when you put him in a a more up tempo offense that is balanced and you just let him throw the ball 15, 20 yards, 30 times a game. I, to me, at least that's when it seems like Marcus is at his best. You know, and I think one of the things about Corey is, yeah, he didn't get the the targets or the receptions that we want to see from him, but that dude may be the best blocking wide receiver we've had. Uh, he was, he was laying some solid blocks down the field, especially on, uh, on Derek's run and, or Derek's yep. uh, catch. So it, it's really good to see that aspect of his game for sure. But, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to see him get more targets. Um, I think my biggest surprise uh, was a guy I talked about again on the podcast last week, Jack Conklin. That dude mm-hmm. shut Olivier Vernon down. Zeros across the board for Olivier. Uh, so, I mean, it's really awesome to see Jack getting getting back to we, who, who we know he can be. Um, and I think the offensive line played pretty solid across the board especially with, you know, Panfield being being out and uh, Janelle Douglas having to step in there. I, I was I was pretty happy with the offensive line's performance. Uh, and one other surprise uh, was how many play-action plays that Art Smith called. Because we know that Marcus is good in play-action, and none of his offense coordinators have ever put him in that position to be successful uh, in that regard. And, and Art put him there, and that was awesome to see. Yeah, to your point, Chris, um, the Titans are in the fifth most play-action plays on Sunday. Um, and obviously they put up I, – I, if you want to count, take, count, technically count, they put up 34 points on offense, um, a 43 total. So, um, hell of a day yeah. from, from, from them. So, um, kind of to your point, though, Chris, um, this offensive line kind of been funky here this last week after the game especially. Um, kind of putting some guys in. They they sign, um, re-sign Hironis Grasso, um, Marcus's best friend. Uh, so he he's back. Um, and so they're kind of deep now at at offensive line. I kind of go through the list. Uh, so you still have Roger Saffold, Dennis Kelly, Ben Jones, Kevin Pomfield, Jack Conklin. Um, then you're going to go back up and have David Questenberry. Aaron Stinney, Jamil Douglas, Nate Davis, and Hironis Grassu. I think you're right, though, Chris. I don't know if Nate Davis is ready or even close to ready, or they wouldn't have signed Grassu. Uh, they may not have Questenberry on the roster uh, if if Davis is fully healthy. So um, what do you guys think about just carrying so many O-linemen right now? Uh, I think it's interesting. I think that they're probably still not completely settled in with what they want to do at right guard. That's just, that's just what it seems like for me. I, I want to really know what's up with Nate Davis because if, if he's not on IR right now, then you would, think, you would think they'd expect him to come back at least at some point in the season. But 
my guess would be that they're just not totally sold yet on what they want to do at right guard. I think Panfield's probably out for a while, um, honestly, and that that makes Jamil Douglas the starter, obviously. So we don't really have a good uh, inside swing guy anymore uh, as a backup. So, uh, I mean, that leaves Questenberry and and now Grasso as the backups other than Nate Davis, who, as you said, Austin, I just don't think he's ready. Um, so I think Grasso, I think they feel comfortable with Grasso. Other, uh, other than that, I, I don't really know why they're keeping so many. Um, it, it, I mean, it has to be that Nate's just not ready and Panfield's hurt. That's the only, only conclusions I can come to. You know how the Titans are. They'll keep everything so hush, hush, hush until these guys are, you know, fully healthy. So we, we have no idea kind of how far away Davis or Palmfield is. So that's kind of the more frustrating part about all of it. But And, and Grasso is a vested veteran. So uh, with him signing after week one, that means they can they can cut him and, and re-sign him throughout the season as necessary and don't have to pay him his full salary. Sure, for sure. Um, so the good news is, though, we can kind of segue. Um, the Titans are in first in the AFC South. Um, the entire division lost um, on Sunday and Monday. The Texans played the Saints in a hell of a game. If you guys caught that, that yep. was an incredible oh, yeah. uh, fourth quarter. Um, the Jags got molly walked by the Chiefs. <laughs> and the Chargers uh, beat a – um, very good Colts team in overtime. So that was a, that was a pretty good game to watch as well. A couple so, a couple things on that though. You know the Jags did get beat, but I feel like Gardner Minshew held his own. Yeah, you know, he's a rookie. He's he was what a fifth, sixth round pick, something like that. Um, I mean, if you watched him in college, you know he's not really phased by much. So I think that personality lends well to a guy being thrown into the fire like he's being. Um, but you know, and I, I really think the Texas loss, Texans loss, and the Colts loss were to to take one from college football quality losses. Um, so this is going to be a tough division. It really is. We can joke about it all we want to about how you know it's the Titans division to lose, but I still do not think that's the case. Um, as bad as the Texans offensive line is, and their defense is still very very questionable. Um, they held their own against the Saints, and then the Colts. Um, competed, and you cannot sleep on Jacoby Brissett nope. as their quarterback battle with a very good Chargers team as well. So, um, no, the Titans, are, you know, we, we can't just go ahead and, and name the Titans AFC South champion. There's a long season. No. But um, you can kind of go ahead and solidify yourself and, and make your name known this Sunday against the Colts. Yep. Um, yep. I'll kind of break it down real quick. So, the, uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, 21 for 27, 190 yards and two touchdowns on Sunday. Um, the the surprising thing to me was Marlon Mack, uh, 25 carries, 174 yards and a touchdown. So he had a very, very good game. Uh, T.Y. Hilton did the T.Y. Hilton thing, 87 yards, yep. touchdowns. Um, and then there's some, you know, some guys. This is where I think the Titans are really going to um, excel on Sunday. Um, Deion Kane is their, I guess, their number two receiver. Um, two receptions, 35 yards. I believe Devin Funches is now on the IR. Um, I know this because he was on my fantasy team, and I just cut him. So um, he's gone. Then you're going to have Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron as their two tight ends they use. Uh, but after that, I guess you're going to have to watch Paris Campbell, uh, Mo Ali Cox, um, or their other two receivers. So 
when you're looking at that way, I, I definitely like the Titans odds, um, secondary versus wide receivers. Um, what is a, I guess, a key point? Um, what's something you're going to watch on Sunday, Chris? That T.Y. Hilton matchup uh, for sure. But honestly, I mean, I don't know if y'all watched uh, the NFL top 100 players, but Eric Ebron talked a little smack about Kevin Byer. Definitely. Um, and I'm I'm so stoked to see that matchup. I think Kevin even tweeted him around that time and and put this date uh, on the tweet. So hopefully uh, we see a, a, a nice little uh, competition between those two throughout the game. Um, I'm kind of aware with what Chris kind of mentioned it earlier about T.Y. Hilton and how he's played against us. And I'm interested to see if it's a Dory covering T.Y. again. And I would assume that it is. And we know that that Ty was pretty much in Adore's bag both games that he was against him last year, and I, I think Adore's become a better player since then. But if he's the one covering him again, that's a matchup that I'd be really intrigued to watch. Oh, I'm going to go with the stopping the Colts' run game. Um, I, again, it's only after one week, but right now they're second in the league in rushing um, with 203 yards a game. Um, the Titans only gave up. 102 last week to the Browns. So if they can slow down Marlon Mack, slow down Nike Himes, um, then I definitely think we have a, a great shot of winning on Sunday. So um, I would love to watch, you know, Rashawn Evans have a better game. Uh, it was not his best game on Sunday. Missed a lot of tackles. Um, made the right reads, but just cannot hold on to, to, to uh, Chubb. But uh, would like to see, you know, the D-line step up more. Um, and uh, – close some holes. So um, I'm going to go with the defense and kind of the front seven stopping um, the Colts running game. But so we also know, though, that Sunday is going to be kind of an emotional game for a lot of Titans fans. Um, you know, we have been supporting this team since 1999, um, even before that, you know, when they were the Tennessee Oilers. And there was two guys that really are the are the you know, backbone of this entire franchise. And that's Steve McNair and Eddie George. And on Sunday at halftime, they'll be retiring both of their numbers. Um, Obviously, Steve's no longer with us, but Eddie will be there. And I know for a fact that that entire crowd, that entire stadium is going to be rocking. Um, Watching them come out the the tunnel. Um, So there's so many we can talk about, guys. What's your favorite – Steve and or Eddie moment, Brett? Um, my favorite Eddie moment is really just whenever there are rivalry games. When back that's back when it was the AFC Central. And anytime there was a cold weather game against Cleveland, or you saw a matchup that was going to be going uh Ray Lewis against Eddie George, any matchup that forced Eddie to step up his game and really get inside his head and push. Um, one of my favorite Eddie moments, the ones that drew out the the Eddie chants from the entire stadium. Uh, Steve, you could go with so many from Steve McNair. You could obviously go from the story that Rhett Bryan told us before. I think it was in 2002 when Steve McNair didn't practice all week long and he was still asleep on the table like an hour before kickoff in New York and then came out and won the game. Uh, I think that if you could, if you could take one picture from Steve McNair that I could just frame up on my wall – would be the Music City Miracle when the, the cameras go off of the Titans celebrating in the engine for a second and you see the the look of astonishment on Steve's face on the sideline. So just if you there's so many to choose from, but 
that's those are some of the, the the ones that pop out right off my head, honestly. You know, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Both of them. There's just there's so many plays that both of those guys made that just. I mean, obviously the the Super Bowl season uh, that was on those guys' backs, and um, to see Steve really come into his own that year and uh, really establish himself as as the Titans quarterback, and just the momentum that they they took from that that season and uh, propelled them propelled the team into just this beloved franchise that those guys are still the face of to this day. Um, and, you know, it, one of the saddest days of my life was the day Manier passed away. I remember exactly where I was. Um, and those guys just to me are the embodiment of what a Tennessee Titan should be uh, along with a few others like Keith Bullock and, and some of those guys, but Steve and Eddie are Tennessee Titans and, the fact that, you know, this team has gotten to the point where we're retiring their jerseys, which, I mean, we know nobody's worn those jersey numbers uh, since those two. But the fact that we're actually getting to the point where we're recognizing their achievements uh, in this way is is just super exciting. Kind of feel like it's kind of past due. Um, it should have happened a couple of years ago. But um, the way where this team is now, and it's kind of the culture that Amy Adams Strunk has kind of built. Uh, this seems like the perfect time to do it. Um, I'm I'm just excited to kind of see everybody's nine and twenty seven jerseys on Sunday, um, and just kind of see how packed it's going to be inside there. Because I know it's going to be a very very good crowd. Um, we can get I me. Mean, there's so many certain little highlights we could talk about that long run Eddie had in the RCA dome against the Colts. Um, you could talk about Eddie's um, playing the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sorry, Steve's playing the Super Bowl. Um, the smackdown they had on Jacksonville in the AFC title game in, in 99. Um, the kind of the helicopter flip he had against the Steelers at home. Um just so many just little rinky-dink plays here and there that we could talk about. But um, you're right, Chris. I mean, these two guys are the – you know, the, I mean, I, it's just – I put statues out front of Nissan Stadium of them, and nobody would blink. Um, they they deserve it that much. They have the huge posters outside the stadium um, because they still mean so much to everybody. And there hasn't been a certain player. Nobody's kind of taken their role – um, since, you know, they've, they've both left the team. So um, they'll forever be, you know, Titans, you know, um, Giants to us, you know, the best of the best, and nobody's ever going to come close to touching them. So I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped. It's going to get emotional on Sunday. I'm going to try to shed a tear, um, but my emotional <laughs> ass will probably do it. So um it's gonna be super, super cool to uh, to see it on Sunday. Are you guys going to the game? I won't be able to. I mean, you know, having the newborn and stuff, it's just gonna to be too tough for me. But I do want to share with our listeners. Uh, Nate Bain, the social media manager for the Titans, did tweet out earlier that they will be live streaming uh, the retirement ceremony um, at halftime on all of the Titans social media channels. The show, by the way, Nate Bain. Awesome. Um, I, I'm hoping to. I hope we see a lot of former players come out um, Sunday as well. 
um, either on the sideline or maybe before the game with Eddie. Who knows? Um, and Washington said I he saw might pull yeah, Nate. Nate said he might show up. Um, that'd be pretty neat. And I don't think Nate didn't even play with either one of those guys, but um, it's just kind of the Titans' brotherhood they have now. So um, it'd be kind of cool to see, you know, some former guys that Eddie played with um, to, to be there with him and, and kind of support him there. But um, guys, I am pumped. The Titans are one and zero right now. Um, leaders of the AFC South. So much going right for this team right now. Got to stay healthy. Uh, we've kind of seen a bunch of teams in the NFL right now get bit by the injury bug. Knock on wood that has not happened to this team because uh, they could put a, together a little run right here and uh, solidify themselves as some real AFC contenders. So um, let's go real quick around the horn. What is your one bold prediction for Sunday? Oh, Marcus – Mariota throws two touchdowns to a non-tight end. Corey Davis shows up, uh, has at least 70, 80 yards uh, and a touchdown. Like it. Okay, I'm going to go – I'm just going to keep this defense thing rolling. Um, three picks on Baker Mayfield last week. They can sure as hell get two on Jacoby Brissett, right? Uh, so I'm going Kevin Byer gets one, and uh, our boy – Jayon Brown gets one as well. So that's a good um, defense gets two picks. And uh, yeah, Titans are going to, uh, it's going to be a lot of electricity in that stadium Sunday. Hopefully they come out and, uh, and bring it. So um, we will, uh, we'll be excited to watch it. I hope you are too. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at second and victory. Make sure you follow us on uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe, rate, leave us some reviews, leave us some feedback. Let us know how good or bad we're doing. Hopefully it's the, uh, the first part, but uh, we love you guys. Appreciate y'all listening. And uh, as always, tighten up. Tighten up and FTC. All right.